for 25 years. Nothing has tasted better after a hard day's work than a Mike's Hard Lemonade. It's because since day one, Mike's has been making lemonade the hard way. We use three kinds of lemons, all hand-picked from family farms, then blended to perfection in cold press to create the epic hard lemonade you know and love. Mike's Hard Lemonade. Hard days deserve a hard lemonade. Mike's is hard. So is prison. Don't drive drunk. Premium all beverage with flavors. All registered trademarks used under license by Mike's Hard Lemonade Company, Chicago, Illinois. Remember the Thai cave rescue? What about the mission depicted in Black Hawk Down or the epic rescue shown in Captain Phillips? You've probably heard of all of these, but did you know that U.S. Air Force Special Warfare played a pivotal role in all of them? These airmen are the most highly trained warriors on the planet. Other forces like the SEALs and Army Rangers call on them to provide skills no one else can. Not many people make the cut, but if you think you can, visit AirForce.com to learn more. Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. Yo, what's going on, Busted Open Nation? And thank you for tuning in to another edition of the Busted Open After Dark Podcast. You wanted the best, you got the best. I'm not sure if Jack Perry is the best, but he's doing a damn good job right now. He is crapping all over the FTW Championship. He's shoving it up Taz's ass. He's shoving up ECW's ass. And who comes out to make the save? Jerry Lynn. I'm gonna break down the entire segment for you and let you know what I thought. Also hits and misses from the rest of the show what i liked what i didn't like what i think aew can improve on turn it up i'm uncle bully because this is the busted open after dark podcast yeah what do you want to talk about well i always go with the thing that um resonates with me the most the segment that resonates with me the most the match the promo and i'm going straight to that dirty little rotten son of a bitch jack perry and when i say dirty rotten little son of a bitch i say it in the nicest of ways um i really enjoyed this segment why well obviously the foundation of the segment was ECW. Jack Perry comes out wearing orange and black. Now you might be asking yourself, or you might be saying, Uncle Billy, Uncle Bully, what's the big deal about him wearing orange and black? Well, anybody who has been around Taz knows that Taz owns the colors orange and black, or at least he thinks he owns the colors orange and black and if you wear orange and black taz is going to have a word with you so when i i popped huge when i saw jack perry come out wearing orange shorts and a black top uh p.s side note jack perry do not skip leg day ever again give me a call i'll help you work on those calves um that's okay jack i missed ab day not a big deal Dusty never needed abs, and neither did I. Um, he comes out in orange and black. I know that pissed Taz off. And he's dragging the F 
FTW Championship. I loved it. Not because I said last week on Busted Open that he should be dragging the FTW Championship, although we know everybody listens, including Jack Perry. Dragging that FTW Championship is a great idea because that FTW Championship really doesn't mean anything except what it means to Taz and Hook. It's not a recognized championship all over the world and only truly meant something in AE in uh, ECW. Now I say that with all in the realm within storyline. So dragging the belt is so disrespectful. So within the first 30 seconds to a minute, here's Jack Perry wearing orange and black, uh, dragging Taz's FTW championship that he won from Taz's son, Hook. So you want to talk about a giant FU right off the bat? You got it from Jack Perry. Jack Perry comes in the ring, and then lo and behold, what is he talking about? How the FTW championship means absolutely nothing. And the crowd was definitely into this. They were booing Jack Perry out of the building. Was it Don Callis or Dom Mysterio heat? No, but it was strong heat for Jack Perry. Um, One little piece of advice that I would give to Jack, you don't have to look at the crowd when they're booing. You already had them once you got in the ring. Stick to the game plan. Stick to what you want to say. You don't have to chase the heel heat by constantly looking at the people. So Shivani's interviewing him and he's talking about, and he never mentions ECW, but he alludes to some crappy promotion or second rate promotion or, you know, whatever, whatever he said, uh, we all knew that he was talking about ECW and he talked about how he could take care of Taz and any of Taz's scumbag friends kind of took that a little personally Jack I'm one of Taz's scumbag friends and when it comes to being a scumbag in this business you're talking to Captain Scumbag right here I might have to jump the rail on you uh in Hartford or maybe New York City we'll see um so and then lo and behold we get Jerry Lynn Jerry a mainstay of ECW who nobody can forget all of the great matches that Jerry Lynn had with RVD. And basically Jerry lays it on the line for Jack Perry. He looks him in the eye and says, listen, if it wasn't for ECW, you wouldn't be here right now. And for those of you who might not know your wrestling history, if it wasn't for ECW, I don't know if AEW would be here right now because Tony Khan was a huge ECW fan. As we all know, Taz was one of his favorite wrestlers. Jericho was his absolute favorite. And deep down in Tony Khan's heart, I think he loved Uncle Bully just a little. And he always has an open invite to come on to Busted Open after dark with good old Uncle Bully and talk about any dynamite he wants to. So let Tony know I invited him on the show. Um, Jerry and Jack face to face. Now I'm asking myself, can Jerry Lynn wrestle? First person that popped into my head was Edge. Edge was gone for 10 years. And he was able to come back and and he's had a great career over the past 
couple of years. Maybe Jerry can get back in there for one match. I don't know. Would you like to see Jerry Lynn versus Jack Perry? Um, I think I would. I don't know if he's the absolute best person to step up for ECW in this situation, but he's a damn good one. And if not Jerry Lynn, then who backstage at AEW? Um, so that's one of the things I'd like to discuss with you guys tonight. ECW chants ringing out throughout the arena. We spoke about it on Busted Open, I believe on Tuesday, me and Dave. Dave had asked if me if there was any concern or should the WWE be concerned going into Philadelphia with WrestleMania that once Paul Heyman came out with Roman Reigns, if there would be ECW chance. Listen, this is not unique to Philadelphia. You never know when an ECW chant can break out if an ECW wrestler is around. So you heard the ECW chants throughout the arena tonight, and that's just a sign of respect for the company that everybody knows and loves and remembers from back in the day, who basically gave birth to the Attitude Era. And then when ECW went away, Ring of Honor tried to fill its spot in some way, shape, or form. Every company in the world has tried to borrow, steal from, blatantly rip off of ECW, and it's all good. Um, I, I I see it as a, just a, a tip of the cap and a sign of respect. I love the fact that Jack Perry was trying to bury ECW tonight. I would have liked to have him to say the letters himself instead of Jerry Lynn uh, saying it. I would have liked to have seen Jack Perry and heard Jack Perry go in all the way in burying ECW. Is Albany really ECW territory? Well, it's in the Northeast. We went there every once in a while. But listen, it ain't going to be like going full tilt in Philadelphia or in New York City or any place like that. But I did enjoy it. That's what I had on that segment. That's the segment to me that stood out the most. But one of the things that I that I noticed about today's show, tonight's show, Dynamite, was some issues that I think that they need to work out. One of them is their audio issues. And the only reason I'm talking about this is because it's gone on enough, much like the refereeing issues, where I think they need to really take a hard look at what's going on, because I thought the audio issues were significant tonight. Now, hey, maybe it's my TV. Maybe I should get rid of my 1965 General Electric television set that is bigger than a Cadillac and serves as a piece of furniture, and maybe I should get one of those new Fandango TVs, like a smart TV. Well, if, if a smart TV will make me smarter, maybe I should get one. But uh, I heard a lot of audio issues. I'm not sure why. There were people in the front row screaming so loud um, right near some of the microphones that I couldn't even hear commentary at times. Another issue that I noticed tonight was a continuity issue. Uh, I don't, AEW really doesn't have this issue a lot, but it happened a lot in the Renee segments. Renee's 
uh, clothing um, was different in two out of the four segments or two out of the three segments that they did. So it's little continuity things that I picked up on. Dax from FTR, when he was talking about MJF, referred to, he said, I, I saw your match tonight. Uh, I don't think MJF had a match tonight. So those are the little things that they can try to improve on. And once again, when I bring these things to light, it's just constructive criticism because I like to see everybody do better. And if they can do better with based on something that I saw, great. More power to them. God. Here's to the paper pushers, the rush hour warriors, and the gotta get awayers. Trade the daily grind for a place to unwind, where you can rise with the tide and roll down the boardwalk, where you can eat french fries for lunch and ice cream for dinner where your only commute is your walk to the beach, where every day feels like Saturday. Ocean City, Maryland, somewhere to smile about. Book your trip at Oceocean.com. If you're on a GLP-1, you're probably loving the results. But how do you feel? All of those side effects can take a toll. So now what? Get to GNC. We'll help with solutions to address those side effects and keep you going on your journey. GNC. The best part of spring cleaning takeaway is the post-clean clarity you get. It's kind of like when you find out you've been paying a fortune for wireless when Mint Mobile has phone plans for $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. It's time to switch to Mint Mobile. All plans come with high-speed data and unlimited talk and text delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Ditch overpriced wireless with Mint Mobile's limited-time deal and get three months of premium wireless service for $15 a month. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash busted open. That's mintmobile.com slash busted open. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash busted open. $45 upfront payment required equivalent to $15 a month. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speed slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Warmer, sunnier days are calling. Fuel up for them with Factors, no prep, no mess meals. Meet your wellness goals in time for summer thanks to the menu of chef-crafted meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Factors Fresh Never Frozen Meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great-tasting meals. With 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week, you'll always have new flavors to explore. Crush your wellness goals this May with dietitian approved meals and ingredients that you can trust. Treat yourself to restaurant-quality meals that feature premium ingredients like filet mignon, shrimp, and blackened salmon. Head to Factormeals.com Busted50 and use code Busted50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code Busted50 at Factormeals.com Busted50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Bless. Hey everyone, it's Howard Bender from the Andy Up Podcast. Every weekday, Adam Ronis and I serve you up the picks, plays, and fantasy information needed to win your bets. You know, this isn't just your average sports betting show, though, for one very good reason. We won't tell you what to do unless we've already done it ourselves. That's right. We put our money where our mouths are, so we're just as invested in each bet as you are. Subscribe today wherever you get your podcasts or listen on the SXM app, free for most subscribers. I kind of dug the opening of the show tonight.
the whole Darby Allen, A.R. Fox, Orange Cassidy, Nick Wayne segment. I like how Darby told the very real life story about him and A.R. Fox, where Darby went down and saw Fox training at a wrestling school, I believe down south, maybe Atlanta, and how A.R. Fox had offered Darby a place to crash because Darby was living out of his car in a parking lot, I think, in New York City or something like that. Darby's been doing a good job of telling the stories of the younger talents that he has come in contact with over the years. Obviously, the Nick Wayne story, which we got over the past couple of weeks, and Darby being a mentor to Nick Wayne. Now we hear the story of Darby and A.R. Fox. So I'm enjoying Darby's ability to help get the audience familiar with and in tune with these new talents. And then we get the match between A.R. Fox and Orange Cassidy, which we knew what it was going to be. It, it, was, it, was, it was a fun spot fest kind of match. Once again, props to Orange Cassidy, who continues to go out there and have good matches every single time he's on TV. I saw somebody post uh, a question on social media. How come Orange Cassidy seems to be on first all the time? Well, maybe he's drawing a good rating for AEW in that first quarter hour or the highest of all the hours. And maybe they're putting him out there. Maybe OC is AEW's Detroit Rock City right now. But I'm sure there's a reason for it. So it's a good match. Is what it is, what it's supposed to be. Orange Cassidy gets the win. And then we see A.R. Fox get up behind Orange Cassidy and break the glasses, break Orange Cassidy's sunglasses, and then nails them from behind. And immediately, he gets this look on his face like, oh, my God, what did I do? Basically, it looked like he was very disappointed in himself for doing what he had done. So I thought A.R. Fox sold through his facials very well. And then as A.R. Fox is bailing out of the ring, here comes Darby. And Darby is reading him the riot act. Basically saying, I vouched for you. I stood up for you. I put a word in for you. And you have now embarrassed me. Which kind of brings that story a step further. Because the night starts off with Darby talking it up about A.R. Fox. And then A.R. Fox goes and lets Darby down. Good stuff um, right there. And then post-match out of nowhere, we get the attack from Mox, which I'm still scratching my head about. And I'm sure some of you AEW diehards will tell me, well, Bully, you know, in the, in, in the, in the promo that they did backstage afterwards, he explained what he did. Yeah, I, I, I don't know if there was any real rhyme or reason, but we got the Mox attack. If there was a really good reason for it, please let me know. Call in and let me know. I'll be more than happy to put you on so you can smarten me up. 
So I liked the majority of what I saw. But then later on in the show, A.R. Fox comes in and he attacks Nick Wayne and Darby Allen and basically turns on Darby and joins, I think it's, they're called the embassy, Andre, right? The embassy, the swerve group with, uh, so. with Prince Nana. Yeah. The embassy. My problem with this is why all in one night? Why did we have to get this story about AR Fox in the beginning, get the match with AR Fox Get the get the disappointment with AR Fox. And then later on in the show, like an hour or so later, the turn of AR Fox. Why not invest a couple of weeks in this? It's a good little story. Why are you blowing through it so quickly? You could have done this for like, I don't know, another three to four weeks and had it play out. Where you can see the, the you could see the the disappointment in Darby's face or the embarrassment on Darby's face, and then you're asking yourself, man, is AR Fox doing this on purpose just to make Darby look bad? I just thought they blew through it, in, uh, b- blew through the story entirely too quickly. But we've seen this happen in AEW before, where they don't give stuff time to breathe one of the segments that did have time to breathe tonight was the women's segment so a lot of stuff on social media during the show about how this woman's segment was not good no chemistry some people were ragging on Taya some people ragging on Brit I'm going to chalk it up to a bad night Every once in a while, guys, girls, you're just not on the same page. Sometimes you just don't have the right chemistry on any given night. And a lot of times what happens is if you're not working every single night, which talent in AEW does not, and if you're not working at least once a week, which a lot of talent in AEW is not, That good old ring rust can set in on anybody and you can be a little off. And maybe the women were just a little bit off tonight. If you have an opinion on that, I'd like to hear from you. Another segment that, another story that I liked, and this goes back to me saying, I think that Jimmy Jacobs' involvement in AEW is starting to shine through. And I'm not saying that's definite. I'm saying that could be. Was the Jericho Appreciation Society segment. We see Don Callis and Jericho. Don is trying to win Jericho over, basically to get him to to join the Callis family. Gives him that god-awful painting. The only painting that's worse than that one is Callis and Kenny. And then we see the Jericho Appreciation Society later on all waltz into Jericho's locker room, staring at that paint on the wall, and they all gave him a piece of Jericho's mind. Now, the Chris Jericho character that I know 
probably is going to turn around and say, you ungrateful bastards. If it wasn't for me, you'd be nobodies. I'm Chris Jericho. I'm the Ayatollah of Jack and Cola. I'm the this, I'm the that, I'm the Ocho, I'm the, the Cinco. I'm the whatever Jericho wants to call himself. I got all of you over. Or maybe at the end of the day, Jericho decides to stab Callus in the back. All I know is I'm enjoying the story so far. And I'm interested to see where it goes. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller for your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com/activecash.